Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. So today, uh, it is my pleasure. I, I, I don't know why I love this so much, but we're going to venture into my a section of my favorite chapter in the Bible. Any guesses? There we go. There we go. I said it last week, um, and I recommended that you read it. And you don't have to raise your hand, but just, you know, anybody take me up on that? Okay, there we go. And if you're reading the one in your Bible, you literally read what I'm preaching on today, this morning, um, which is awesome. So two two weeks ago in 1 Peter, we looked at a similar idea. Today we're going to dig deeper into... How the work happens. I believe that your understanding and my understanding uh, of living in this truth of today's text will change our lives. Today's idea is the idea of perseverance. And oh boy, do we need it. Perseverance, if you look it up, is doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. That's the world's definition. Uh, perseverance of the saints is kind of what we're at today is this idea that God in us brings us to completion. And I, I'm going to sell you on the idea that it's more his work than yours. Okay. You're like, good, I don't have to do nothing. No, no. This doesn't eliminate our drive, our work, our effort, and our energy. But at the end of the day, it is not that that will make you successful. It is not that that will bring you to the end of this life ready to enter into the glorification that Jesus promises us. Today we'll knock on that door of hope and hopefully be willing to enter in. Let's pray. Jesus, your word is truth. And what your word tells us, it is in our benefit to listen and to obey. So, Lord, as your word is read today, Lord, let it have the power in us to stir the gift of the Holy Spirit that you've placed in us to help us persevere to the end. Lord, we need you. We need your hope right now that in spite of how things are going or have gone, you have the capacity to change me. You have the capacity to bring great things out of our lives. And today we surrender to you. To speak in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me get, I'm just... Let me, let me, let me build a little bit because we're, we're going to be, if you've got your Bibles, um, I'm Romans 8, 28 through 39 is my text today. Um, but like, it would be a disservice. I was actually during worship debating on whether I wanted just to read the whole chapter. Um, and I'm a little afraid that I don't have glasses up here that it might be a struggle trying to read it out of my Bible. So we're, we're not, but I want to give you a little lead up to this because I think sometimes when we, we tackle a section of scripture, if we don't really have a good understanding or firm foundation of where it's going and why we're here, um, we'll miss some of the things that are going on. So if you've been reading along or you read through Romans recently, you know that in Romans 6, that we're dead to sin and alive in Christ. That the struggle is real. There is this war waging inside of us. 
Because if you are a child of God, you have the spirit of the living God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. But we also have flesh and sin living in us. You're like, does it it really? Come on. I mean, anyway, I'm not going to get you to raise your hand. Anybody not see the war that's waging on inside of us? Romans 7 uh, goes on and says, the law of sin, I don't understand my own actions. Who can deliver me from this body of sin? Paul is like, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I'm doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can rescue me from this body of sin? And he says, praise be to God. Or thanks be to God through, which I think is one of the most important words in the New Testament, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then it starts right after that desperate cry of like, I'm broken and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing all the things that I want to do and my life isn't what it should be. Romans 8, if you have not memorized Romans 8, 1, you need to. Because when the world is telling you that you are garbage and you don't matter and you're worthless, you can have Romans 8. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because, gee, and he goes on for the rest of this section that the spirit of the Lord has set you free. It did what flesh in the law could never do. It has set us free. And it goes into this whole section of like, you know, and this is the truth. If you haven't figured this out, like if you set your mind to something in the flesh, what are you going to get? You ain't going to get spiritual things. You're going to get flesh things. But if you set your mind to the things of the Spirit, you get spiritual things. You get to see this. And I don't know. I mean, I didn't intend to talk about this, but uh, this morning reading about the kings, uh, the grandson of um, um, Solomon. Thank you. Mother-in-law, second row. Mm. Um, The grandson of Solomon, you know, like... the. The, the, the son of Solomon just kind of ruined things. His grandson, they, they get opposed by an army that's double his side. And he stands and just basically declares. They worship this other thing. We worship the living God. And you know what God did? He delivered. And not because they were a greater army, because they were not. 400,000 is a lot of people, but when you're up against 800,000... You know, the New Testament talks about it. Like, when you're going to war, you better size up the other army and figure if you need to, like, send talks of peace. And they, he didn't. He just declared. And this is what we need to understand. Our victory, real victory, I don't mean momentary, but our victory is only going to come from the Lord. And he tells us, going on in Romans 8, that he said that through his work, we're co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs. Sons. Everybody likes to leave off the provided we suffer with in part, which isn't today's message, but you should you should check it out. And so we're going to jump into Romans 8, 28, which also is a great verse for you to memorize if you haven't. But all of them, all of the things that we've seen so far leading us to this point, it's not our work. It's his Romans 8, 28. It says, for we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. 
Okay, this is not a promise to everyone. So if you know someone that doesn't love Jesus, isn't their life isn't invested and in Jesus, this isn't your promise yet. It isn't their promise yet. But for those who love God, it didn't say perfectly. It doesn't say like without fail and out of the purity. It just says for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things work together for the good. And, and this is what we're getting at today. Part of the view of understanding perseverance is you have to understand that just because things don't seem as they should doesn't mean that God isn't working. Just because things aren't working in the way that you want them to work doesn't mean that God isn't on the verge of doing something miraculous. Here's kind of the first truth um, in this is God is exercising his sovereignty for the redemptive good of his children. Let me explain some of these. Sovereignty. Sovereignty is not a word that we really like. I mean, we like it when it works in our favor. We don't like it when it doesn't. But listen to this. The sovereignty of God is the fact that he is Lord over creation. He created it. It is his. Lord over creation as sovereign. And he exercises his rule. This rule is exercised through God's authority as king, his control over all things, and his presence with his covenantal people Throughout his creation, his divine name, Yahweh, expresses his sovereign rule over and against the claims of human kings such as Pharaoh, which we see. And if you read the Old Testament, you see that the the oppressors that come in only come in to oppress by the will of God. They didn't overthrow the good and faithful people. They overthrew the one that they're like, we don't need you, God. We're going to do our own thing. And God's like, okay, let's see how that works. Because God is tripersonal, however, his sovereign control, hear this, is not impersonal, impersonable or mechanical, but is the loving and gracious oversight of the king of creation through redemption. Part of understanding perseverance is understanding that God's not done. If there's breath in my lungs, he's not finished. In his purpose and will, and I know sometimes, I know in our world you're like, where? If God is sovereign and in control, like where he at? Like what about this? And what about that? And what about this? Let me just tell you, I don't know, but I do know that he is sovereign and in control. And things are working out to his plan and his purpose. Period. Our confidence for everything that we're going to talk about and perseverance is in this fact. For those who love God are called according to his purposes. Verse 29. For those, okay, this is about this is about For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Look, I, I don't know where you stand on this, and there, there's the, uh, theological uh, camps 
associated to this and one of them are like, no, no, I don't know. I mean, I lean in a direction, which it doesn't matter which direction I lean in. Uh, but I lean in a direction that gives God a whole lot more power than me. I lean in a direction that by the grace of God, it will always be him in my life working things out for his good pleasure in me. My main goal is learning to trust even when I don't understand how things are going. So here's another truth. God's redeeming work in the heart and lives of his children is unstoppable. It won't be. This unbreakable chain of grace will complete its work in the life of each and every person who has placed his or her trust in Jesus. Amen. You're like, oh, I don't know. It's such a long, and we talked about two weeks ago in First Peter, it's such a long journey. Like, how do we, how do we continue? The beauty of it is if we'll just rest at his feet, he'll continue for us. Philippians 1, 6. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. Let me translate for you. If you sincerely, and I know this is a, this is a um, debatable thing. If you've sincerely said yes to Jesus, and you, you've submitted to him to be your Lord and Savior, I believe that he'll do everything in his power to bring you to that point of being complete, full, in him. And sometimes that is pain and suffering. Sometimes that is circumstances that are out of our control. And I think almost all of those, God's just trying to say, look to me. This is what he did throughout the Old Testament. He said, hey, he told them, he promised them, if you, if you, if you stay under me, submitted to me, love me alone, you'll be kings forever. Like this, this lineage, which it led all the way to Jesus, so he did fulfill his purpose. But he was saying, hey, there will be nothing that will stop you if you trust me. Verse 31 says, when then shall we say, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Look, I, I'm the worst at Hitting an obstacle and go, Where, where's God? Like, why isn't this going differently? Um, I, and I, I'm your leader confessing. Like, read Psalms. David was the same one. Like, God, why have you forsaken me? Everybody's against me. When are you going to remember me? And almost all of those, at the end of them, he was like, but I trust you. And what's kept me in this place year after year, we're celebrating 10 years in September, year after year, is he said, this is where I want you to be. And until he sends me somewhere else, guess where I'm going to be? Right here. Because it's not about me. It's not about my strength or my ability. It's me trusting him. 
Because let me tell you, there will be obstacles that come to you that will be overwhelming. There'll be things coming against you that you'll be like, I can't. New Testament says that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Imagine if you just left out of here today with that reality. That there's nothing that can oppose you. Not out of pride and arrogance that you're like, look how strong I am. But out of humility, trusting the one that has power. Here's another truth out of this. God will supply everything his children need. Let me just tell you, there's a lot of things that you want, that you're upset about not having, that God says you don't need. Look, I, I think sometimes I'm grateful that success has not hit me yet. Success is dangerous. Money in your pocket is dangerous. Money in itself isn't dangerous, but what that money entices us to, tells us about ourselves. Look how awesome I am. But God gives us everything we need. This is, some, this is a truth that I feel like God's spoken over our church the whole ten years. Every time where I'm like, well, if we just, uh, 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 the Holy Spirit always speaks to me. You have everything you need to do what I've called you to do right now. Everything. And I want to tell you, to you, you have everything you need right now to be exactly what he wants you to be. Listen to this. In 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Because you're like, if I just, if mm, he's given you everything you need, if you'll just tap into it. It's like sitting outside um, of a supply closet that literally has everything that you need. That you're out there trying to be MacGyver and put things together with your pocket knife and duct tape. Like, I got it. And then right in there is all the parts you need. You just got to open the door. Everything you need. Verse 33. Oh, this is good right here. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Mm. Who is it to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? I think a lot of times we sit in this condemnation state. And let me, let me, let me just, I know I said it in Romans 8 1, but let's just talk about this a little bit. Cause, you know, there's two C words that I think we get confused. Conviction and condemnation. Conviction is like, I just did something stupid and I don't need to do that again and I need to, I need to rectify that stupidity. I need to say I'm sorry. I need to fix whatever that was. And the Holy Spirit does that all the time to us. That's not condemnation. What the enemy does to us on the other side of that conviction at times, he goes, you did it again. I've told you and I've told you again, he doesn't want you. He would never take you because of fill in the blank. He doesn't want you. You know that thing that just happened to you? You know why that happens? Because God's mad at you. And he hates you. Every rule and every law and everything he's ever spoke to us is for our good. For our good. 
And the enemy wants to come in and condemn you based on some activity or action. The Holy Spirit will convict you and say, "Mm mm-mm. And sometimes he'll, just like the Old Testament, will allow things to happen in your life. But listen to me. All of those things are always for your good. I have a, 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 I grew up in the South, and I have a very, very typical Southern view of the angry God. And I do believe in the wrath of God. Don't, don't get me wrong here where I'm like, you know, God's, everybody's getting in. No. Nope. But my view of his child is completely different. Because I think of that. I think of him just waiting, just like, ah, bow. And I honestly, sometimes I feel like I deserve it. I'm ready for God. Just go and just give it to me. But God's like, son, I, I want you. Because I want restoration to you in what we're going to see here in a second. Because I'm going to make you the first of many. We just read it. I'm going to make you a child not just for you, because I say this all the time. What God does in you and through you, through you is never just for you. He says, I want to make you the firstborn so that there would be others. <laughs> because if God wrecks us, restores us, rebuilds us, we have the capacity to speak into other people. Amen. I was listening to this podcast the other day, and this is God, you know, talking about this program that you could do and and they were talking about, and I think this is true in Christianity, they were, they were talking about this idea of like basically selling something you don't do or believe in. Like, you know, like, hey, you should do this, blah, 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 you should do this. And, and the guy who was talking about this program, you know, he's been doing it for three years. This is what he does. He's like, no, 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 everything that I talk about, I do. And all of our team that does this, they do that. And I think we as Christians, we try to sell things that we don't practice. We're like, and I think people honestly see right through when we're like, yeah, yeah, this is what you should do. But they can see in us that they're not. But when it's, when it, our life, and I'm saying in, in, not perfectly, in our imperfections, still striving to love God, people see that. Like, I, that's why I love Peter. I think people want to see that you don't have it all together, but you're still trusting God and you're still heading in that direction. And I encourage you, don't hide from people close to you your brokenness. Because it will convince them that they need to hide theirs. And Jesus said, bring these things to the light. If if we'll bring them to the light, we give access to them. And you know what we also do? We take access from Satan. The accuser of like all these hidden things. There's there in this room. Put good money on it. There's things that are hidden. That are literally destroying you and your marriage and your life and you're afraid of like what if people knew and let me just tell you it's more dangerous to remain hidden because when they're exposed you have the opportunity for change if they're hidden you know what you got to continue to do hide them and you know what you cannot do while you're hiding something work on it that's for free The judge of all things has made a final moral judgment based on the righteousness and sacrifice of Jesus that we are, hear this, forever forgiven, forget, forever accepted, and forever righteous in him. 
forever. Like, what would that change? Like, what would that change if we just left here? Not necessarily much has changed, but we left here just believing that. If you haven't done work in um, studying in and around justification and sanctification, dig. There is nothing more powerful than you understanding you have been justified, made right, made righteous, not by your works, not by your efforts, but by Jesus and his sacrifice and your belief in him. And sanctification is that process of you becoming like Christ. If you understand that the work's not done, and I'm going to talk about in two weeks this idea. I'm, I'm, I'm pigeonholing myself because I'm going to declare it right now that I got to. First um, Peter 1.6, it says, be holy as I'm holy. I'm going to talk about that in two weeks. Because I think sometimes we're like, well, I'm just so broken, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'll be as good as I can. And we have little t-shirts that have funny sayings that kind of makes it okay that we're okay with our sin. And no, no. That, sorry, that's two weeks from now. Let's just push that on. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And that's coming right off of who will condemn us. And they basically said, no one, because Jesus is the one that makes us right. So who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, listen to these, shall distress or persecution or fame, famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? For it is written... For your sake, we are being, this just sounds great. This is, this is the tagline for the fastest growing church in the world. <laughs> right here. For your sake, we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. How'd you like that to be the banner of the church you go to? Sheep to the slaughter, come on! Come on, come on sheep. Let's just go and be slaughtered, yes. And then he goes on. This is, this is my favorite verse in the entire Bible. I have a piece of it forever on my skin. Um, Romans 8.37 says, No, talking about all these things that we just listed. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Why are we more than conquerors? Are we more than conquerors because you decided to get your life together and work harder? No. Are you more than a conqueror because you've just done the right system and do the right things? No. It literally means it's more than conquerors that we prevail completely. Because remember, those who are his, he will bring to completion. We're more than conquerors through him who loves us. Love that verse verse 38 for i am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor heights nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god in christ jesus our lord nothing hear this hear this children of god nothing will separate you from his love. You know what won't separate you from his love? Your sin. Because let's just, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Every single person in here has not perfected your sin life. And if you think you have, let's have a chat. 
Because maybe you have. I doubt it. But the reality is that that doesn't separate us. And if we can get that when we face a temptation and we fall into a temptation, then we have still the grace of God to tell us, you're still my child. You know what? My children are never going to cease being to me, regardless of what they do. They're never going to cease being my children. Nothing. And there's a lot of things that could happen. There would be lots of things that I would be disappointed in and frustrated by. But you know what will never change? I'm still going to be dad. And I still am going to love them. And I am a rotten person. Our greatest works of righteousness are but a polluted garment. I am a rotten person. And he says, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good gifts, speaking about the Holy Spirit, to his children? Now, if I have that feeling towards my children, and they've made it. One of them's 20 now. The other one's 18. And I still love them. And I still would you know, punch you in the face if you mess with them. Um, sorry, they're my kids. Like I, just, I will go to jail for these kids. And not really feel I was just starting a new ministry uh, from jail. Uh, but if I feel that strong about my kids, how much do you think the holy, pure God who understands your righteousness through his son, because he didn't say no to the cross. How much more so does he love you? Just sit on that for a second. How much more... Is he interested? I want good things for my kids. You know, I'm constantly like, I want them to be successful. I want them to be happy. I want them to meet godly husbands and wives someday, no time soon. Like, I'd like to be a grandfather. Um, And I love to figure that out and like just make them rotten and send them home. I just cannot wait. I can't wait to be my dad who tells me all the time, this is what you get, boy. What you get? Remember when? Remember? Remember what you did to me? Payment. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll I'll be tempered by then, and I'll I'll love them and be like, it's going to be all right. I'm here with you. Uh, <laughs> but he's there, and he's not going to leave. Here's another truth: nothing can separate God's children from His love. Those who are His children are His children. Not first, listen to this, because you believed, but because he placed his love on you. He doesn't love you because you believe. No, he believe or, or you believe because he loved you and in his love. In the end, our perseverance is the result of the love of God being poured down on us through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Period. You want to make it? This is another sermon I think I got coming out of me soon. You got to learn to be merry. You got to stop doing all that Martha work. And you got to learn to sit at his feet and go, this is what, this is what I was designed for. Because out of, out of that position, out of at his feet, is where we get springboard into the things that we or not we, the things that God wants us to walk into. So where do we go? So my first thing in my closing here is where 
is your confidence that you will persevere? Where is it? There's two, there's two options. I mean, there's probably more, but let's keep it simple. Is your confidence in you or him? This verse, next verse I'm going to read out of Galatians 3.3 3 is, is made it to a sticky note on my computer that I see every day. I'm starting to add different things into my little 37-inch office that I have in my house. Yeah, I'm pretty special. It's basically the space underneath the stairs. And it's not even 30, it's 37 inches wide. It goes down drastically. I can't stand up when I walk into it. But this verse is on my computer screen. I see it every day because, like, I felt the Holy Spirit one day just spoke this to me. And I need to be reminded. And, and, and it is this. It is Galatians 3.3. 3. It says, Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Man, I'm a flesh in, in like in, in a good way, meaning I want Lord, you've trusted me, love me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to work hard. I'm going because that's kind of my personality. If you know me, like I, I want to, you know, I don't like discipline necessarily, but I force myself to, into areas of discipline. Um, but it, it, the danger of that is, is like I got this guy. God is never interested in you saying you got anything. He's interested in you going, yes, sir. What's next? But we over and over, that might be a verse you need to put somewhere. Because you will never perfect what God has called you to perfect. Never. Now, like the Pharisees, you may work out a system that makes you look better than other people. But it won't get you to where he wants you to be. Wrestle with this. Don't. You know, I think sometimes you're like, yeah, 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 perseverance, yeah, I'm, I'm here. And I think we can leave here and just be like, yeah, 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 and then fall back into these same little traps. Wrestle with this. There is peace and power with the understanding that the one who has called you, invited you into his family, has justified you, has made you right before him. And he isn't done with you and will not stop until he's finished. You may stop. You may take seasons where you're like, mm, nope, not interested. And usually, by the grace of God, we'll get to places where we're like, like Israel. Lord, we've made a drastic error. We need you. Take me back. And I, I think and I say this a lot. And I think the, the one beautiful thing, not one, one of the many beautiful things that you can see in the Old Testament is God is not afraid of your mess. The moment you say, we need you. The moment you humble yourself to be like, I'm yours. What does he do over and over and over and over again is he comes back and he shows his mighty hand. And he rescues them. From all their oppressors. Wrestle with that idea. And if it's you, fix that. Because the only thing of it being you, even if you do a pretty good job of it, is you'll get cocky and arrogant and you'll look around the room and go, if you could just be as disciplined as me. If you could just be as smart as me, if you would just read your Bible as much as me, if you would just pray as much as I pray. See, all of those things are about 
the individual doing something. But if you understand that it is not you, it is not your work, that it's his work, then you'll look at it, every single person, regardless of how hopeless they look, and go, God has an opportunity to change. I, I, another, I feel like I'm throwing out things that you, you should look into, justification, sanctification. Another thing I think you should look into is um, that we're all created in the image of God. This is a, a new thing that I've... I'm kind of a critical, judgmental person. I'm just, you know, I've said it enough. You, you probably know if you've been here. Uh, in, internally, I don't say them. But, you know, I think about them. <laughs> and this is one thing that I've been trying to do in my heart and soul when I feel that in there, based on somebody's behavior or lifestyle or whatever, created in the image of God. Like, just just let that... And I'm telling you, it takes work. You have to release it. You have to go created in the image of God. Because I think we take the opportunity of redemption off the table for certain people when God didn't. And if you look through his interactions, all the ones that he called into his family, all the people around were like, no, 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 not not them. Not them. Oh, not those Gentiles. Not that woman. Not this. Not, you know, and he's come on. I'm going to invite our worship team up here, and I, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you again. This is, this is your homework this week. And if you need to print it out, print it out. If you want to read it out of your Bible, read it out of your Bible. But I challenge you three times this week. Read Romans 8 in its entirety. It's 39 verses. Just read it. And if you want to up that challenge, read it with a piece of paper near you. And just wait for the Holy Spirit. And that may sound odd to you, like, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to show up? Yeah, I think so. Um, but wait for the Holy Spirit to, like, pinpoint. And let me, if, if, if this is new to you and you're like, what is that? When you're reading it, if something just like, hmm, this is what it usually is for me. Like, I'll read something and I'm like, hmm, there's something either I'm confused by or I'm like, I need more understanding on that. Never take those as like, oh, yeah, like, I'm just going to push through. Just make a note, like, Here's this one verse. I just want to, there's this one word in there that I feel like there's something that I need more understanding on. Or maybe it's a revelation like I need, I need this truth in my life. Maybe it's that. And just, just write a little bit. Three times this week. Romans 8. I think that the greatest power source that we have, you know, tangibly that we can physically touch is the Bible. And most of our issues would be solved if we started reading it, listening, well, knowing God first, listening to it, and then obeying it. But the first part is we got we got to open it. So I just encourage you. Like, this isn't judgment of like, oh, I haven't my Bible. I don't care. I don't care how long it's been since you've opened your Bible. Open your Bible. And just read Spend a little time there. And the great thing about the technology place that we live in right now with Google and all these different searches, there's so many Bible, online, free commentaries, uh, Blue Sword. Um, there's so many things that you can go to. And just like you can look at the original language if you want to. That's free. You don't have to buy anything. And you can look and research. And I think if we sit in these things... Even if we sit with the 
not ten verses that we talked about today and just tomorrow say, your perseverance is not just up to you. Really, it's just a little part of you, and it's like 90% him. And then you can get up the next day and go, even if I don't got it, he does. That's the God we serve. That's what he's calling us to. The life that he wants you to have is never to take anything from you. It's to give you what you've always wanted, which is him. Let's pray. Jesus, I don't know where in the journey everyone in this room is. Whether they're sitting on the fence, whether they've just stepped over the line, whether they're decades down the narrow road. But I do know all of us need to understand that you have our back. That you have the power to rescue and redeem us. You have the power to restore our marriages. You have the power to restore broken relationships. You have the power to free us from addiction. Lord, I pray that today would be a day that we begin to trust the work that you are doing in us. And Lord, where where you've called us into areas to step out of Lord, I pray that we would trust you to continue to step out of those things. Lord, we need your grace. We need your mercy. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that we would be bold enough to wake up in the morning and invite your Holy Spirit to wreck our day. And I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to open my eyes, to open my heart. Lord, I pray that restoration would be seen through your work in our lives. So Lord, let us be bold enough to invite other people into our journey if we need them. Lord, let us be bold enough, even at the end of this service, to walk to the back of this room and say, I need prayer. Or there's power when we begin to believe that you have the capacity to change us and we trust you with that and we trust that you will bring us to completion. Until that moment happens, Lord, we will trust you. We will walk in your direction. We will get on that little road and we will take our journey with you. Lord, thank you for walking with us. And Lord, I, I pray if there's people in this room that are on the fence, Lord, that you would, you would let them right now in this moment understand that you aren't sitting there going, I don't want you, but you're sitting there going, come on, son or daughter. Come home. So Lord, speak to us today. And Lord, I thank you for the, the, the first fruits of this new life that you want to do in us, this first fruits of others that will be changed and molded by you through the work that you're doing in us. We love you, Jesus. We pray these things in the only name that matters, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com. 
www.thebrightlinesocialproject.com.